Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Jesus calling us, he calls us to salvation. Once we respond to that call, I believe we're under the call of God. Uh, Will there be a second calling? We're going to discuss that, or is that the calling and we just... We experience that calling and follow God's direction to complete that calling. We're going to discuss that today. Uh, This is Exploring Missions, Bert Harper and Nathan Harper with you. And again, uh, Nathan and I enjoy doing this program. We do interviews, but sometimes we do programs where we just try to lay out, I would say, some important information and teaching so people cannot just have information, Nathan, but they will have what they need in order to respond to God's will for their lives. Yeah, we want to see the church equipped to obey the Great Commission. And there's more to it than just, I mean, it starts with saying, yes, Lord, but there's more to it as, as, as it comes uh, in following that. One of those things that it might be a good idea to explore, like you mentioned, is, is the idea of calling um, it's a word, you know, the word being called or calling, like whether you have a call to ministry or a call to missions, uh, a call to a certain people group or a certain place to serve. We throw that word around and we don't always examine it and see what it, what are we really saying. And I think what happens is when one person says, I'm called to, the, to do this or that, other people hear different things. You know, you ask 10 people, What is a calling? And you probably get 10 different answers. So we kind of want to look at what the Bible says. And I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate. The Bible really doesn't use the word calling very often, not in the context that we give it. So he he used the I want to use one real quickly and we may get to it later when Paul and and Barnabas were in Antioch and he the word calling, but he, he spoke to him, send them out. Yeah, send them out or and separate. Yeah, separate them to me. To me, and uh, so, but they were already serving and ministering yeah. at a great location. So anyway, it's going to be an interesting, I think, lesson that we look at today. I know when I was growing up, I would hear, "Have you been called of God?" Mm-hmm. And, and I you remember, had to like defend your call or yeah, describe it or something. Exactly, and I found it difficult. I think a lot of times, I'm going to give you Bert Harper's thought on this, and again, you said the Bible doesn't use that term a lot. I think he equips us, and then we follow with what he's equipped us to do in ministry. I found out he did equip me to communicate. Yeah, No great orator. I knew that now, but he did give me the ability to communicate truth. And in that ability, in that gift that he had given me, the area of speaking would would be one of those areas as a pa- youth minister, as a pastor, and now radio programming. And so God does equip us, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And I think what you're saying is your calling 
fits in with your giftings. That would be it. Um, and I, I agree with that, and I don't think we need to stray too far from that, that understanding. Uh, but as we as we go into this, let's let's start with the Old Testament, and we think about heroes from the Old Testament that heard God's call, patriarchs, prophets like Abraham, Moses, Samuel, Jeremiah, Jonah. Let's look at two specific things first, maybe one call, but two components of that call. One component of their call was to be holy. Okay, if you look at how God would speak to individuals and raise them up. For himself to do something, the actual first component was to be something, and it was a call for them as an individual to be holy, to live a holy life. And of course, the other was then to do a certain task. Being and doing. Being and doing. So if you kind of imagine like a a matrix of a quadrant of being and doing, how those components go together. Uh, What we tend to do, at least I do, we tend to focus on the second thing about doing. What can I do for God? What has God called me to do? And so we're pretty good at doing things for God. Uh, but most of the time, at least for myself, I'm pretty terrible at simply being with God. Or even being present with other people, really being there and just being present with people. I want to give you a danger that I see. And matter of fact, this past Sunday, the message, this is pre-recorded, but the sermon I preached this past Sunday was about David bringing the tabernacle back. Great idea. And it was a thing that he needed and wanted to do. Yes. But before uh, he did that, he missed inquiring of the Lord. Yeah. If if you read the chapter before that and he was going into battle, he'd inquire of the Lord. He'd spend time in prayer, I think time in the Bible, the the you know, possibly right. the law, talking to his advisors that were spiritual advisors. But when it came time to do this great spiritual thing, I think he assumed automatically that it that he, he carried would, God's blessing. That he carried God's yeah. blessing. So you know, the being something before doing something is vital, I would say. And, and every once in a, and guess what, Nathan? You got to constantly do that, be that. Yeah. It, it just, okay, doing it now and forever? No, it's, it is. It's continual being with God. That's the sanctification, isn't it, that's that right. we call it in salvation? That's yep. right. You know, if our focus is on doing things for God, here's the danger. We can become very successful at it, Okay. And it's a dangerous thing that if we have a tendency at that point, then we find our identity in what we do. We find our security and our significance, not in uh, who we are as a child of God and who Jesus is calling us to be, not in that relationship with God, but we find our significance in the success that we have in ministry or even mission work or whatever we're doing. And so that's... It's pretty dangerous to get to that point, and a lot of people easily fall into that. And so that being uh, with God comes before comes before doing things for God. It actually, what we're called to do flows out of that relationship of who we are uh, with God. And when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, don't you see that? Blessed are they. And, and what it does, it starts off with your relationship. It starts off with, Humility, which is being, and yeah. then going into the doing, 
but it's always with us. It's not like it's a one-time no, no. fix-all for right. a service. Now, continual. Yeah, it is continual. That's the reason our salvation, we talk about it. I am saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. It is continual action. Now, the birth is an event, but discipleship is that process that we go through. Is being connected with discipleship? Oh, definitely. Because, say, that being, we're called to be holy. And that's, you mentioned sanctification, that's part of that discipleship. You know, the call to holiness in the Old Testament was a call to being God's chosen covenant people. It's a general call for Israel, but it's a specific call for individuals. They're to reflect God's glory as they gave witness to in their lives to him. They're clear of what, what that really means. You're clarifying God's character with the way that you live and relate to one another. From that, then, comes what the task might be. Now, you know me in geography. I love it. Nathan knows he had to put up with atlases. This is before GPSs. When we'd make a trip, I'd have that atlas and maps out, and I'd get so excited. When I see what you just, when I think of what you just said about them being and it working into doing, noticing also where he placed them, placing them. He placed them at one of the most strategic places in all the earth. It's even strategic today. Yeah. It's the area. It was right there basically where three continents connect. Yes. And he put them there at this divine intersection to do to be and to do a demonstration of who God is. Yeah, it's to they're to be on display to all the nations of who God is. As those nations would and come through their territory, right. and foreigners and strangers, they were to exactly. demonstrate that to them. And they're to live holy lives that reflect who God is. Amen. So uh, out of that being, that call to be holy, comes specific calls to do certain tasks. So you think about some of those people in the Old Testament, like uh, Abraham, well, he was called to what? Leave his home. He was. That's, that's kind of a tough and and call. go to a place that you know not. Now. Yeah, he didn't even know where he was going. <laughs> Can you imagine him telling his wife, "Where you know we're leaving? Where we're we going? I don't know yet." <laughs> yep. Woo, man, uh, Moses, his call was uh, to go to Pharaoh. Okay, another kind of a tough task there to face Pharaoh. For Jonah, it was to go to Nineveh, something he didn't want to do initially. He wanted them to suffer their judgment, didn't right. he? Mm. Ezekiel, well, he had lots of different weird kind of things he was called to do. <laughs> you could read the book of Ezekiel and find some of those. No matter the specific task, though, the end result that God had in mind was the same. The praise of his name among all the nations. So the nation of Israel and each of these individuals we read about in the Old Testament received the same call for being holy to do a specific task bringing praise to God's name through through those righteous acts. Let me read a passage, Ezekiel 36, 23, and this is what we were just talking about. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. We're proving who God is to the nations around us that are watching how the church lives today, and that was what Israel's task was to do at that time. So that was in the Old Testament. Does it change in the New Testament? Not really. I mean, in the New Testament, you see this very same call from God. The amazing thing is that the the call that Israel was given, but they failed in pretty, pretty miserably, they didn't faithfully answer that call to be holy. They didn't answer the call to uh, do uh, 
righteous acts in front of the nations. And when they tried to be holy, they became self-righteous. Yeah, and that didn't when, last for long. Didn't last. That's the reason when we come to Jesus' time, the Pharisees were around, and they were, you know, they weren't doing what God said. They were adding to what God said and doing what yep. they had set up for themselves yeah, to do for their own glory. Yeah, for, for their own glory not for God. Yeah. So that call, I believe, was placed then on Jesus. Jesus took up that call that was given initially to Israel, and it was given to Jesus. We know in God's plan it was always for Jesus. And the Old Testament is just a story of how we as humans fail on our own, you know? Yeah. And so only Jesus was able to answer God's call to be holy and do right. And he, in doing that, showed us a true picture of who God is, bringing God the praise that he's due. Now. Listen to these words in John twenty twenty one. then, because Jesus extends that same call from God now to his followers. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Mm. So we, his followers, if we're following Jesus, we have that call to be holy and to do righteous acts, to do a specific task that will bring glory and praise to God. So when I was referring earlier to Barnabas and Paul and the in the Greek language, separate me from, Mm -hmm. that is really an extension of I am sending you. So the church at Antioch, and we'll come back to this, Nathan, but I love to put a little bit of a, a, you know, something to it, practicality here. So the church at Antioch was joining Jesus in sending Paul and Barnabas out. Yes. You know, the separation. Even the word separation means that's the same word to be holy. It you does. Know? I hadn't thought about yeah. that. Holiness yeah, is a sure separation does. from the world. Yeah, that's the Greek word that it means that. Yeah. That's amazing. So it kind of fits in there. And, and so you could summarize it in a maybe a more succinct way of basically saying all of us, if we're following Jesus, we've been called toward salvation and to service. And that service, we've done a program on that, is, and, and you're the one that introduced it to me, and I don't know where it originated, our, our shape, our spiritual shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart or your passion, your abilities, your personality, and then your experience. And so every one of those goes in to God using us and equipping us, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. all of those. I believe in spiritual gifts, but I, I think sometimes we put more emphasis on spiritual gifts than we than we do some with some abilities and, and past experiences. And experiences. Mm-hmm. God uses them all, doesn't he? He does. He uses it all. He's he's weaving our lives together for a picture to to display his glory. So the church is to be an extension of what God started in the Old Testament, showed us in Jesus Christ, and we're to continue this? Yes, definitely. So it would it would be good to look a little closer now at Jesus' own calling. Uh, maybe it's weird to talk about Jesus having a calling, but but I, I want to look at that. And again, we talked about some of the people in the Old Testament, what their callings were. So it, maybe it shouldn't be weird for us to talk about Jesus also being called by God to to live a holy life, but to also do righteous works. I want to read a few passages here in the in the Gospels of Jesus actually talking about his <laughs> calling. Uh, Mark nine thirty seven. it says, Whoever welcomes one little child such as this in my name welcomes me, and whoever 
welcomes me does not welcome me, but him who sent me. So Jesus is talking about God, the Father, has sent him. Okay, and ministry in Jesus' name is also ministry for God. Uh, Luke twenty-two twenty-two is a uh, is another passage, and again, these are Jesus talking about how he's been called or sent by the Father. And so, in Luke twenty-two verse twenty-two, it says, "For the Son of Man will go away as it has been determined." But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. So Jesus is already talking about he's been called to go away. And so Jesus had an idea of what his ministry was, was to entail, what he was supposed to be doing. Uh, God's already kind of showed him those things. John four thirty four, just one more. It says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Amen. So that's pretty plain explanatory there. Uh, of how Jesus was sent by the Father. He was to accomplish a God-given task. And uh, so we can look a little deeper maybe at what that calling specifically was. Um, In Luke, Jesus, Luke chapter 4, Jesus is quoting from the prophet Isaiah, and he said, uh, My task is to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, this was the work of the Messiah, and the people listening knew that. Jesus was basically telling them, hey, I'm, I'm the Messiah you've been looking for. And is that a connected with the Old Testament? Sounds very familiar. Yeah, it is. It's, it's I mean, directly in line with Isaiah's. I mean, that's, so, so what you started out with, you know, this calling is, is just amazing that this is it in the Old Testament. We see it fulfilled in Christ, and he even refers back to that, you know, original purpose. That's right. So digging a little deeper, I want to find, I I, I, I want to give you seven, seven principles maybe, seven things that are the same. They seem to be the same for everyone who's been called by God, including Jesus, okay? But first we're going to look at other examples. So the first part of of a calling is that, God initiates the calling. It's God calling someone. It's not their idea. It's God's idea. God initiates the calling. Think of God speaking to Moses in the burning bush. It, I mean, it took Moses by surprise, right? So God initiates the calling. Second, the person normally was required to actually go somewhere, to actually leave something behind. All right, think about Peter in the New Testament. Peter was called to give up what? It's business. Yeah, it's fishing, fishing business, business, right? Yeah. yeah. Third, usually someone who is called, were, they were given a specific task that was directly proportional to what they had originally been doing and what they had left behind. <laughs> now, that goes along with what you're talking about and how God has shaped us. Yeah. But a lot of times there was proportion to what they leave behind is what they're going to be doing spiritually in the kingdom. Um, so David, keeping watch over the sheep, was not wasted. No, he was he became a shepherd, just not of sheep, but of, of God's people. Paul being a tent maker and then him building the church. Yeah. They're connect- that's that's awesome, yeah. Nathan. So for each, this is the fourth thing, for each their unique calling was all a part of Abraham's original call, that covenant relationship with God, 
and God's global redemptive mission. Okay, and we could look at Genesis chapter twelve, how you know God told Abraham to go to a land that I'll show you, and that He will be a your family, your descendants will be a blessing to all the nations, all the families on the earth. Redemption, right there. Yeah. Fifth, the call was to a difficult and dangerous task. Think about that. When God calls you, He's calling you to something difficult, something dangerous. Uh, maybe that's why we don't like to deal with this, but. That may be the issue. Um, I mean, think about Paul, how he was shown right after he was baptized, he was shown how much he was going to have to suffer. Suffer. And he used the word suffer. Yeah. I had someone to tell me, said a lot of the reasons, a lot of the people who initially said they would follow Christ and they baptized and then it looked like they were coming along, but then they bailed out is because, not because they didn't mean what they said, but they were sold a bill of goods saying, oh, yeah. come to Jesus Christ and it'll be smooth sailing. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not the case, is it? That's right. Six, God was already working and was inviting the person to join in the work that he was doing. So think about Jeremiah set apart for God's work before Jeremiah was even born. God was already working before Jeremiah had anything to do with it. I was doing this study, and I found out that Isaiah said that same thing in in Isaiah 49. These two, the two big prophets. The most major of the major prophets. Yeah, the major of the major. They were set aside in their their mother's womb. Mm. That's, That's powerful. And does that not give purpose to people who are listening to us today? I mean, God has purpose for you. It, it, what it really means is God doesn't need you for the task, but he wants you for the task, <laughs> which is really better. He can't get by without Bert Harper, can he? But he, he wants may, you to yeah, be involved. He can. Amen. And the, the seventh thing, the last thing, God prepared and provided, equipped and encouraged them to fulfill the call he had given. He doesn't just leave you out there on the, on the limb and say, good luck. He's there with you. Think about Elisha was given Elijah's cloak and a double portion of his spirit to carry on the work. So we see these specific parts of of a calling, and Jesus experienced all seven of these. Think about the first one, God initiating the calling. Did not Jesus say that he was sent from the Father? Well, we read a bunch of verses about that. The second thing, normally the person was required to go and leave something behind. Well, what did Jesus leave behind? Where did he go? What did he leave behind? He left the glory of heaven to come to this earth. Wow. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Usually they were given a specific task that was directly proportional to what they'd originally been doing and what they'd left behind. So Jesus, leaving the glories of heaven, what he was really doing is bringing God's glory to earth. Hmm. You know, it's kind of proportional to what he had left behind. Yeah, Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's right. Amen. The fourth thing, the unique calling was a part of Abraham's original call and covenant and God's global redemptive mission. Obviously, we've talked about this already. Jesus fulfilled the covenant made to Abraham, becoming a blessing to all peoples. Jesus was that descendant that was a blessing to all people. And he, in another passage, said, before Abraham was, I was. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's powerful. Number five, the call was to a difficult and dangerous task. Well, obviously, Jesus' call was to suffer and to die. I mean, it doesn't get much more dangerous than no, that. it doesn't. The sixth thing we said was God was already working and inviting the person to join the work he was doing. Well, the Bible says Jesus was slain before the foundations of the earth. God had been working 
from eternity, and Jesus joined his Father in that mission. He completed the mission saying, it is finished. On the cross. Amen. And finally, God prepared and provided, equipped and encouraged Jesus to fulfill the call that he was given. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, he was sent by God. He was led by the Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Think of how Jesus was led by the Spirit. Praise the Lord. And it's the same Spirit that dwells in each of us. Yep. So in the same way the Father has sent Jesus, Jesus is sending us. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Yeah. yeah, I would say that calling is bigger than I thought it was when I said yes to the Lord about, yeah, I'll speak for you. Oh, definitely. Mm. Um, yep. So we can't get away that the call to all of us is to enjoy and be sanctified, be, be holy, living in that salvation. And from that comes specific areas of service that God might call each of us to do. Whether that is mission work, where you're going crossing borders, cultural borders, language barriers, geographic locations, new places, uh, or it could be simply to, I mean, fill in the blank, the ministries that God has given you. I think of a biblical example of this is the tribes under Joshua coming into the Holy Land. Two of the tribes, two and a half of the tribes wanted to stay on the the west side of the Jordan River. But Joshua said, okay, you can have this land, but you got to go in and fight the battle right. with the rest of them. Yeah, I, I, I think sometimes we want to stay on the side of the Jordan where it's already been conquered and safe. And let other people do and the work. And let other people work do course. the work. God doesn't work that way. He said, no, we, you got your land, that's good, but you got to go help them as well. And, and I think God's sending us out that way, Nathan, you know, churches like churches that have already been, you know, they've been settled, they've been founded, and they're doing the work. Church planting is not a bad idea, and sometimes it may not be next door to down the street. It may be you supplying what is needed on the other side of the Jordan That's or right. the other side of the country or, or another side of the world. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, if we ask the question, you know, even to our listeners today, have you been called? Well, if you ask me, according to what we've looked at and according to Scripture, I would say, yes, you've been called. You've been called to salvation, so be holy. And you've been called to serve God in a specific task. So get activated in serving, and as you go, he'll direct you more specifically it, to that task, yes. Revelation is is a word. God's already, but He has to reveal it to us. Yeah. You remember when the chil- uh, the disciples they saw what Jesus did, and Jesus said, "Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who's in heaven." And as you serve the Lord, God's Holy Spirit will reveal Himself to you. Where? How? But you got to be, you better. Yeah, it starts with that abiding relationship in Jesus, you know. And so, you know, if we're continuing to keep in step with the Spirit, um, the same Spirit that led Jesus and fills all of His followers, uh, He's going to bear much fruit in our lives and bring glory to God. And so may we all press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So when you're 
fulfilling your purpose, you're fulfilling God's divine purpose. It started even in the book of Genesis. Amen. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio Network.